welcome to Risks Chats with a firm. I'm your host, Paul Marshall. Today, we'll be speaking with Chief Risk Officer from the Corporation for National and Community Service, Lori Giblin. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. Today, we have Lori Giblin, the Chief Risk Officer from CNCS. Good morning, Lori. Good morning. Well, I'd like to start off today, if you could just give our listeners a little overview of yourself, what what you're doing at the agency, and a little bit more about CNCS. Great, thank you. Um, As um, you mentioned, I am the Chief Risk Officer here at the Corporation for National and Community Service. Um, CNCS is a grant-making agency, um, and we are probably most well-known for our AmeriCorps grant, um, our AmeriCorps program. I think a lot of people describe it as Peace Corps, but for America. Um, But essentially, we support uh, communities throughout the country by um, fostering volunteerism and service. Um, And my role here is um, as a chief risk officer. I came on about two years ago to put together, um, I think, possibly one of the very few, if maybe the only um, office of the chief risk officer, which comprises the entire suite of A123. So Ah. I oversee internal controls and proper payments, enterprise risk management, um, our annual grant risk assessment program. Um, and most notably, I also oversee the policy for one of the, uh, the largest risk programs that we have here at the agency related to uh, criminal history checks. Hmm, wow. Okay, so that's, that's good to know. So I know a lot of different ways you can uh, kind of set up a risk management program, um, and it sounds like you're, you're in the financial, financial world, so to speak. Um, so speak a little bit about that. How, how is that, you know, do you think that's an advantage or a disadvantage for a, a risk officer to kind of be in the financial arena? So um, that's a a good question. I think we are somewhat in the financial arena. We, like most other agencies, our internal control program um, really does look at financial risk um, over reporting. Mm -hmm. Um, But we are expanding to um, begin testing operations. And I think one of the biggest um, operational risks that we have, like I said, is our criminal history check program, um, where we require there be a a background check for all those who receive our grant monies. And um, we are really trying to push ourselves into the operational arena to ensure that um, we have a full um, full coverage of, of risk oversight here at the agency. Right. Okay. Well, and I would think your staff or the folks that support you, um, you know, internal control reviews and audit world, it all kind of is it's an important background to have. It probably makes, you know, makes things a little easier as far as assessing risks or trying to get illicit risks from folks. It does, um, and actually, one of the the great things about this organization is we really value um, our association with the mission. Um, many of our staff not only actively volunteer and engage in our mission, um, but have been members and volunteers through our programs that are funded um, by our grants. So I think having an affinity for and a sensitivity to what the agency does um, is very helpful in assessing risk. Um, most notably because you may have participated in activities that could have given rise to that risk um, and you understand what's going on in the community. Right, absolutely. So tell us a little bit, a little more detail into your approach to to risk assessment and supporting things like risk responses and obviously getting the profile together and all that. Right, so we, um, thank you, we we actually just completed our risk profile, I Ah. think, like many other organizations and notably our small um, federal agencies. And um, in doing that, uh, we noticed um, our timing was such that we were associating a lot of our risk response with the creation of our agency transformation, our agency reform plan. Hmm. Um, So we were really lucky in that we could link the risks and the association of risk mitigation Hmm. to the transformation plan. Um, And we are grateful that 
Um, we're starting to see some of that activity now. Um, mm -hmm. Our senior leadership is kind of moving forward with addressing those risks and transformation at the same time. Um, so I feel that our program is making an impact. And to what degree does, does your program get directly involved with, I mean, the response that, you know, the different, you know, risk stakeholders have in the agency? You know, how, what, what's your involvement specifically with that? So for the most part, our, our involvement is coordination. Okay. You know, we bring folks to the table, but like I mentioned, the criminal history check program, we own the policy for that. So mm -hmm. we are actually leading the risk response. Um, it's been a multi-year response effort um, mm -hmm. that has, just happens to coincide now and align with our transformation plan. But we are not only involved in coordinating the agency effort and bringing people to the table, but we'll be involved in actually implementation um, and making sure that we're measuring for success. Right. Well, and so something I'm thinking about, if, if you all, if you're doing the internal controls and you're supporting the, the enterprise risk management program, um, I mean, do you have uh, any trouble eliciting risks from folks or do they not want to let you know what their real risks are? Or, you know, what's that approach? Right. So we were actually re, um, re reforming and revitalizing our internal control program at the same time that we were doing our first risk, um, you know, risk register and mm -hmm. risk profile. Mm -hmm. So um, we had no problem actually having oh. folks kind of share with well, us good. what their <laughs> vision was for the organization. And I think that's one of the great ways that the, the team that was here at the time um, helped talk about risk for the agency. It's, you know, really talking about what is your vision? How does how is the agency not able to um, meet its mission or its vision um, because of things that could be getting in the way? Um, we were actually able to um, pull over 700 risks from our agency. Mm. And it was wow. actually more of a challenge to to kind of put that into smaller buckets that we're able to work with. Right. So how did you boil that down to a you know smaller number? I mean, what's, what was the approach? So we, we, we kind of condensed things into theme areas oh, okay. um, and then kind of moved from there. We did our calibration against themes. So we identified 19 key themes that we saw mm -hmm. giving rise, and then we allowed senior leadership to do the final risk, um, risk prioritization. Right. Um, but again, we were timing that at the same time that everyone was going through agency reform. Um, and it just basically was able to dovetail. And we were able to present senior leadership that was coming on with the new administration with an opportunity to kind of address things that, um, challenges that um, we've identified for them to, to help us solve. Right. So you're saying this is uh, the first time you're getting a profile together, right? Right. So uh, how do you envision leadership using that or you know the lower the lower level registers as well going forward on an active basis you know right. so i think it was um i think it was erm 1.0 uh, mm -hmm. i think we're going to be looking at erm 2.0 um, going forward and really rethinking how we capture risk um, from whom we capture risk and how we associate risk with risk ownership or mm -hmm. risk uh, mitigation ownership. Right. Uh, so I think we had a, a number of lessons learned. I think we cast a wide net um, this last time and I think we'll be uh, doing more of a departmental focus this time hmm. um, so that folks can more more distinctly associate risk with their, their department's ability to meet the mission rather than just mm -hmm. casting the wide net of the agency's ability to meet its mission. Right. Well, that's good. And just out of curiosity, what, what percentage of the, of the risks, the big, you know, the prioritized uh, major risks would you say were in the financial arena or were, and was it spread across the different mission areas? I think generally, I mean, it was an overarching, you know, ensuring that we have a strong risk uh, or a financial profile mm -hmm. or financial management profile. Um, but I think a lot of our risks were in the larger enterprise buckets, which um, mm -hmm. was surprising and I, I welcomed it because it meant that the 
even agency employees were thinking from, from the top. You know, how do we align our, our size with our mission? How do we serve our customers better from where we are located? Um, so it was a great, um, it was just a great um, opportunity to see how even folks who are involved in the transactions can really see how the enterprise as a whole could improve and better from ERM. Right. And actually, that kind of leads me to my next question um, related to, you know, how, how do you help spearhead some risk efforts, especially in things that are risks that areas that are not financial? I mean, that's more your, you know, your specialty, obviously. But, you know, how, how do you, you know, what's your, what's, what are the challenges as far as that goes? Just kind of making sure uh, these non-financial areas that they're, they're really involved in this. Well, I think our agency is very keen on, um, you know, using the input that we've received from GAO, from our OIG. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had some interest from the Hill and some of the programs and the operations of our programs. So we've been able to use, you know, some of that inspiration um, and kind of mm-hmm. forward movement to guide us into thinking about risks that are operational in nature. Um, and like I said, this criminal history check program was one of them. Right. Um, we also have a number of other activities that, you know, our members, we have to be careful that our members don't engage in. They're called prohibited activities. Mm-hmm. Um, we are able to um, kind of think more strategically and enterprise-wide about how we address those. Right. So as far as advice for a risk officer, I mean, you know, what it seems like you just need to know a little bit about everything the agency does. I mean, you can't just have one, you know, specialty area. You kind of really have to get to know your agency very, very well. I mean, what would you recommend to folks? No, absolutely. I mm-hmm. think I think that's the key. Um, it's not only the key to, you know, your own personal success and being able to feel like you can address the the issues, but it's also for the success of the position for the agency to know that you're engaged and that you understand and you. Um, you un- you understand their association to the mission and what they're trying to do. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's um, a lot of agencies like mine are just starting off with this new position and really trying to push forward with ERM and push forward with um, you know tying the enterprise-wide uh, culture to your internal control program or your other risk testing programs like improper payments. Um, and I think it's just really taking the time and the space to just get involved and to mm-hmm. to listen, um, to get on those email chains and just follow them through to the end and, and make sure you're reading those reports. Um, another way that I think you can be involved and you can understand your organization is really to get involved with those who also have an external stake in your organization, like the IG. All right. Um, and I think the IG's reports provide some insight into what you know others are seeing in your organization. Um, it's not all about you know what I think the organization can see about itself, but what others can say about it. Right, and then how how has that been working with the IG uh, with risk management for you guys? Well, our IG has actually been very involved in in the launch of ERM. I think she's been an um, an avid speaker through the Association of Government Accountants mm-hmm. um, and has been present and um, active in the Association of Federal Enterprise Risk Management. Right, and. Um, she understands uh, the world that we're in, and quite honestly, I think this is the world that IGs have been in all along, right? You know, they do risk assessments of organizations and try to understand where the highest risks are, um, and have been inspiring organizations through their audit findings, right. um, as inspirational as they are, um, to to really think more strategically and more broadly. But I think even if you just go one audit at a time, you can find yourselves going right back down into the details and going, mm. you know, mostly associated chasing the dollars. And again, it's just taking that big, broader view. But I think in working with the IG, um, it's really having, again, that connection. You had to work with agency leadership to really understand the mission, but you really have to work with your IG. Um, and we, we meet um, periodically, mm. biweekly, if not monthly, oh, wow. and okay. are very committed to that. 
I think if either one of us are not in the office, we will make it to that meeting, right? Um, so that we can connect and just talk about, you know, what's what's on our minds, what's you know, what's keeping us up at night. So is that a what what type of meeting is that? Is just is that specifically just between you two, or is that something broader? That you're discussing? Right now, so right now the IG and I we oh, have okay. um, biweekly meetings, or monthly meeting. meetings, mm-hmm. standing meetings. Um, but we also she meets with senior leadership mm-hmm. um, as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, we have periodic meetings like that. But I think. Um, it's really making sure that you've developed a level of trust. I think that's the key to enterprise risk management is that the enterprise trusts that you are going to use the information to help inform management decisions, mm-hmm. um, that the agency trusts that management will do something with the information and not um, reprise against the information that's shared. It's having that trust with your your IG to ensure that you can talk openly about risks um, in a way that isn't you know, setting yourself yourself up for some sort of a failure. Right. Um, so I think we're in that stage federally where everyone is trying to establish that level of trust. You know, these first five right. years, it's almost like the first five years of marriage. You know, <laughs> who's going to do what and when and how? Right. And how yeah. do we how do we share our concerns in a productive way? Mm-hmm. Um, but we haven't hit that 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 status quo. That's an early stage, right? Yeah. So, and I mean, I, I've talked to some agencies that their risk list is open to everybody. IG sees it, everybody sees it, you know, it's kind of one extreme in some places they just don't want to share that at all with the IG or, or others. You know, I don't know where you where you all are and that's and that we're somewhere in the middle. Somewhere, we're in, the somewhere middle. in the middle. Mm-hmm. We definitely share the um you know, senior leadership is apprised of um, what the risk profile or what leads to the risk profile so they see all the risks all the way up. Right. Um, we definitely do mask information so that, you know, folks can feel free to open up um, honestly mm-hmm. and n- no fear of reprisal there. Right. Um, we share with our IG the, the final, the final, oh. final, the risk um, profile, profile and how we got there. Okay. Um, and we're just providing periodic updates to everyone on what are we, what are, you know, what are we doing with it? Again, it's that level of trust. Are you going to do something with the information I gave you? Right. So do you find that the IGs, uh, kind of what they consider the big risks are pretty similar to what you you all have come up with, or are there any you know do you see big differences? Um, I I don't, and I hope there yeah. wouldn't be. That's good. Um, yeah. I would imagine <laughs> I would imagine there there could be. We would each look at each other's lists and say that you know there could be more or less. Oh, sure. On each. Right. Things that um, nobody knows. Or yeah, but I but. think um, again in these early stages you have to you have to take the the, the one or two or three big things because um, mm-hmm. it's hard to tackle. Um, it's it's hard to bust through and do that first risk mitigation um, until it becomes just more part of your normal your business routine. Right. And uh, yeah, I used to work with IG actually, and I think one thing we always wanted to see was that if folks did have some kind of a risk program, that they are actively using it, taking action on things, and you know, if they're finding problems, fixing the problems. I mean, you know, kind of common sense things. So yeah, absolutely, I know that's something that I think. Well, I mean, the years before this ERM was not a, as big of a you know issue as it is now, or idea. You know, it, agencies did have ways to do risk assessments and things, but it wasn't always transparent to the IG or even you know they weren't sure what was going on so well in addition to the IGs you have your audit community right right. your FISMA auditors your financial statement auditors your IPERA auditors are all coming in and I think um, we're starting to see a level of um, interest in the the specifics about how you're running your program Mm -hmm. and I'm sure that's that's feeding up again to senior leadership and to the IGs Um, but all of this um, interest and support for this type of risk-based thinking and decision-making mm-hmm. um, has been helpful, and I think a lot of CROs are probably feeling the support of that. Right. 
Well, let me go back a little bit to the interaction between the, your ERM approach and the internal control work you all do. So I'm sure you're familiar with the updates today, A123A and now proper payments updates. So it seems like everything is going risk-based, you know? So what, what are your thoughts on that? And you think, how do you think that, uh, you know, how do you think take a risk management lens and apply it even more so to your internal control programs now, even with proper payments and all these different you know, areas you're looking at? Well, I think specifically with internal controls, we really need to re- be mindful that it's not just risk over financial reporting. We have to look at all of our reports, right? right? So how, how did you come up with that mm-hmm. um, AFR or annual management report? How, you know, what were the controls in developing those reports? What are the controls in the things that you put out for public notice? Mm-hmm. Um, we are a grant-making agency, and we do put out a number of documents that inform folks of how they can get to our, to our money. Um, and looking at what the control environment is there. So really employing some of that um, and then linking that to your ERM program by identifying um, what's most impactful to the agency as a whole. Mm-hmm. You know, we, again, mm-hmm. getting too fo- focused on silos can be dangerous. And I think that's where a lot of agencies have um, fallen prey to strategic or reputational risk oh, yeah. is because they've just focused on you know, one or two things that um, are very transactional in nature and easy to fix. Right. Um, improper payments, again, taking that ERM approach, we've always, we test the transactions. You know, is this payment proper or improper? Mm-hmm. Um, our auditors are looking to see that we followed all of the speci- specifics of Appendix C. Right. But um, what are the controls um, over the development of that program, of the mm-hmm. operations of that program? You know, are there proper um, quality control um, at every step of the way? So right. I think this is really going to inspire a, way, a new way of looking at how we all do our work. Right. Well, and even going back to how you choose what you want to review in a year, you know, it right. used to be kind of all these, you know, the, you have your major programs, maybe every three years you would kind of rotate, right. but now there's even more freedom. I mean, how have you guys incorporated that guidance to make it even more? So we're, I mean, I think we're at the beginning stages of okay. really looking at sure. what is, um, what does materiality look like mm-hmm. in an operational um, state of affairs? I think it was very easy to, you know, just look at your financial statements and do some math to identify sure. those key <laughs> programs. But when you're looking at programs that um, don't necessarily rise to the level of materiality, you're gonna have to start asking your questions about the impact to mission, the impact um, of failure. Right, those other um, impacts. The, mm-hmm. You know, the risk to um, providing uh, bad information. Um, so yeah. I think it's taking that look at the, I don't know what it's called now. It used to be a Rubik's Cube. Is it a <laughs> an ERM Helix? It's a helix or, or something, yeah, right? Yeah, the, the candy strip, I think, is what OMB is calling it. Yeah. So um, really trying to figure out those questions, and I think that would be a great way to partner with an IG um, office a, a, again as to, mm-hmm. you know, what is material when you're looking um, outside of the, the financial world? Right. I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, material for financial world has a, a specific meaning, but mission or reputation or things like that, you know, does that make sense to use that barometer or something different? It's more, you know, the impact of not getting your programs, you know, the programs not being successful or, or right. something getting out that was, you know, embarrassing or whatever, you know. Right. So. Not meeting your mission, um, mm-hmm. not satisfying the statute, um, not satisfying um, the deliverables that are um, and the goals that the administration has placed on the organization. I think we all have to be mindful that our strategic plans are going to be directing us um, in mm-hmm. new ways um, than we've ever been uh women moving right well speaking of strategy um again so you how long have you your program how long has your program been active the erm program um a few years it's or? about two years yeah. okay so you're still relatively new Correct. but uh have you seen to any degree that you know senior leadership is starting to utilize some of this feedback to inform strategy or budget decisions or things like that 
Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Again, I, yeah. I go back to the fact that um, many of our risks inform the transformation plan, and I think our transformation right. plan um, and the ways that we are going to um, move the organization in a new direction mm-hmm. um, you know, will be funded in 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 the in, in accordance with the transformation plan. So right. I think uh, I think risk-based decision making on what the organization should look like and do next um, is very helpful for senior leadership. Absolutely. So and I, I spoke to somebody uh, a few podcasts ago about, you know, ever since they've started the risk program, the, the CRO is physically getting pulled into these meetings they were never pulled into before because they wanted to get their perspective on, hey, there's this new program. What's, what, what should we be thinking about as far as risk? You know, I don't know if that's happening to you at this point, but, I, you know, is that something you might want to get more involved in, things beyond just the reviews or the, you know, the thing, things that are more, you know, kind of mission-focused or program-focused, you know? So I think um, I think meetings are the are the name of the game, right. and it's trying not to get caught up into too, too many much, meetings right. so that you can't um, you can't focus on what you need to focus on. But um, I think our department right now is really kind of focused on the enterprise wide um, mm-hmm. um, approach, and a lot of the meetings that we get pulled into are really about those things that cross department lines. Yeah. Um, so yeah. it's really when when there's multiple departments involved um, and where we can add value, um, that's where we go. Okay. Well, I just had a couple more questions for you. Actually, one was related to, you know, the corporation's relatively small. So have you found that being a smaller agency, has that been an issue or do you think, you know, you've had the resources you need or for your program? All right. I love, I have to tell you right now, I've, I've circled the small agency community and I love being in a small agency. Um, resources are always a challenge no matter where you go. No matter um, as scale and scope is always what you're trying to keep up with, mm-hmm. um, especially when you're dealing with a small agency because sometimes you need you need the numbers you need. Right. Um, we, we are s- staffed appropriately in accordance with mm-hmm. our size right now, and I think um, we've been able to um, garner the support from other departments when we need it, you know, taking on detail opportunities. We've had a number of folks who just came to us to help us from other departments um, just to help us stand up the program. Oh, so I think um, when you're in a small agency, you learn how to do much more um, with much less. That's a good point, right? And I think you, in, in many cases, you have much more access to leadership too. I mean, you have access to leadership, you have access to staff. I mean, the vast majority of our agency staff are right here on three floors in one building. So exactly. it's very easy to, to be involved um, and to, to get to know your client and get to know your customer. Um, I think the challenge um, rises when you don't put yourself out there to mm. get to know it. Right. No, yeah, because I've spoken with um, well, some of the smaller agencies like the FTC or Architect of the Capital. I mean, their ERM programming, they're, they're speaking to the heads of the agencies. I mean, they're, you know, they're right there in the same building. Once a week, uh, once a week, we do speak directly to the CEO of our corporation um, and our <laughs> chief of staff and are able to um, share with her what we're seeing on the ground. Um, and I think when we first stood up the program, I used to present to the senior leaders, including the chief of staff, on a monthly basis, just what kept me up at night. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were able to just inspire that conversation about, you know, well, what do we do about this and how can we do it? Right. But you're able to move much more quickly um, and make decisions right on the spot um, and affect them within hours of a meeting. So that's one of the yeah. great things about being in a small. That's the small advantage for sure. Because yeah. um, I know I was speaking to, I think, NIH and, you know, they have like 20 something institutes and they're all over the country. And it's just it's very uh, different approach to risk Absolutely. management over there. Absolutely. You know, they almost actually it's kind of an interesting when they have these what they call champions, which yes. is a great idea. You know, to have them all the different institutes and all that. 
And then, of course, they're under HHS, yet another huge organization. So I think, you know, in a way, for small agencies, it might even be easier or, or you know, you get more access than you would in these large ones. So you yeah, can get your hands around it. We took advantage of the um, the former Appendix A approach, the SMC and SAT, and mm-hmm. we renamed them the Risk Assessment Committee and the Risk Management Council right. um, in accordance with the new with the new ERM, ERM standards. Um, but we liked the approach of the champion, and we mm-hmm. use our risk assessment committee members to be folks who are our ear, you know, our ears and our um, our voice when we need to spread the the word around the agency. Right. Um, it's very easy to find yourself in a meeting where you've got a quarter of the agency there, um, mm-hmm. and you don't want to drain the agency of resources, especially in a small environment. Right. Um, so that's why you use those folks to get that message out. Yeah, I like that approach. Uh, and just one last question for you, just about the future. You know, what would you like to see in the next year or so for your program? You know, what are your what are your goals? Where you trying to, how are you trying to grow your program a little in the future? Well, I think we are we're just trying to make lightning strike twice okay. um, in each one of our programs. So it's really, um, it was one thing to get that. It was just a Herculean effort, right, to get that first risk register right. and risk profile together. And we're trying to find ways to streamline um, and to ensure that that information is right timed. I think that's often the challenge when you are a small agency, folks are very, very busy, they're multitasking all the time, um, but it's how do you get that information to them in the right time. Hmm. Um, you know, we're all fighting for the September 30 year end, right. um, at the, and you, you find that you're stumbling over the auditors, you're stumbling over folks who are trying to get, you know, 930 information into the mm-hmm. system. So um, our goal is for next year to be more right-timed. Okay. Um, and then to, I think, the theme of AGA, or one of the themes that I took away from AGA, uh, was really to start thinking about how to move away from that low-value transaction work um, and bring yourselves up to more of that high-value decision-making work. So how can we work with our customers to get them the type of information they need um, on a, like a quarterly basis rather than an annual basis mm-hmm. so they can make some th- strategic decisions about how they're going to resource what they're doing. Right. Great. Well, and I'll put a pitch in, too. Hopefully, we'll see you at the A-Firm Summit this year, if you're able to get there. I'll be there. All right, great. Well, uh, Lori, I appreciate it very much. We enjoyed having you on the podcast, and uh, good luck with all your future endeavors with the program here. Well, thank you, and thanks to the Association of Federal Enterprise Risk Managers for being so involved. That's our show. Thanks for joining us. Go to afirm.org, and you'll see other podcasts there. Keep a lookout. We're always posting new ones. And until next time, this is your host, Paul Marshall, signing off for Risk Chats with a Farm.